Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on the podcast and this episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, as I state regularly, it is greatly appreciated and thank you for your constant, constant support. On this episode, I am joined by my good friend Mr Ben Money as we are tackling the latest release from Marvel and the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the final outing for this particular Guardians team. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, I was um, extremely looking forward to this film coming out. And yeah, let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it indeed. Because I was the same as you, if I'm being honest. I, I I was looking forward to this one because I love the Guardians films. I really do like what they've done. I think the the I mean, if you just go back to when 2014, not many of us, me or, or even, well, you will have because you've read the comic stuff, but not many fans of, of superheroes or whatever will have even heard of them. So I think what James Gunn did with it was, was quite remarkable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, the first Guardians was such a, a sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone, even me as an avid comic collector and comic fan, I didn't really care about the Guardians of the Galaxy until I saw the first film. And then I got invested in the whole group and everything. And then the second one was okay, but not great. And yeah, the third one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think the silence says it all to an extent, because let's be frank, it's not not the worst Marvel film that's come out. I don't know, I I think I was expecting more. more, Yeah, definitely expecting more. I think we were hoping for more. And because this phase or whatever, the last three films, three Marvel films before this one have been such a letdown... We were hoping that this was going to be the redeeming factor. This is going to bring Marvel back into the, the light and show everyone exactly what they're capable of. But it didn't quite hit. So we were saying that because Marvel was so, so solid before. Um, and again, this has got James Gunn attached to it. So I guess I, I did have like hopes that it was going to maybe, I, I wouldn't say kickstart Marvel again or anything, but I, I, was def- I, was, I was definitely expecting more. And it's not that I'm saying, like I said, that, you know, with volume three, that it, it was all bad. It's just that it, it, could, it could have been better. Yeah, and that's the thing. It could have been better. I think they, they missed certain bits. Um, I think it was it was better written than Ant-Man 3. I yeah. actually liked the story more to this one. It was more clear and concise to me. Um, and it kind of does get you emotionally invested. Um, I think typical for Marvel, there are some good visuals... Um, throughout the the whole experience, there's some really good scenes. Um, another good hallway hallway fight scene yeah, with the whole gang yeah, yeah. all fighting like um, together and stuff like that. That was really good and really really real um, choreographed. I think. Yeah. Well, this is it. it like, I I agree as well. I think that you can you can see James Gunn's fingerprints all over it, and it's just nice to see you know the beats that you would expect from a James Gunn film, especially when it comes to this like dysfunctional team slash family. Like they're all there. It's just that I would say that this is, yeah, the the the, the my least favorite, the for me the the to air quote the worst of the trilogy. Wow. Okay. Because I was thinking for me, I think it's personally, I think it's better than two. It's interesting that you think that it's the worst. So yeah. what order would you put them in? The order that they came out in? Yeah, I, I do one, two, three, right. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one's obviously like you said, sleeper hit, amazing. Yeah. Really, really took a lot of people by surprise. I don't mind the second one. I know that, that some people, like, well, most people were quite underwhelmed with it. I thought that there was just, I thought it was just a nice add-on. But I don't know, I think the third one, I think because of how long it's been since the last one, and I feel because the the Marvel world has changed yeah. and such, like not, I'm not talking about quality of film or anything yeah. like that. I'm talking what's happened since Gunn was sacked, yeah. then, and then rehired and yeah. stuff. I think that things have just changed too much for him to really be able to flex. 
there was the James Gunnisms or whatever that were there, but there were also times I was like, well, that doesn't really feel or fit the mold. But I don't know. That's that's just me personally. But before we waffle on any longer, as we already have done, obviously the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As to RSS.com, all that jazz. Jump onto Facebook, Instagram, search Joe Blogs about films, like and follow. You know what to do. And of course, hit notification, all that jazz on wherever it is that you're streaming this episode from. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. So the film, obviously, they said before as well that it's Rocket's story, and and it is like it really, really is, which is which I'm down for. Like I thought it was really bold of Gunn um, to really show such a harrowing and traumatic, you know, life event for that character. Um, you know, like how he was made and everything surrounding that. And like the audiences, I guess, that we've had that lingering question since we saw in Guardians 1 when they were getting changed, whatever, like the back of Rocket, we saw the metal and the yeah. mechanics. And it was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what? how did that happen? Yeah, yeah like I, it's not like I was like exactly keen to know, but the question mark was clearly left there by Gunn to kind of come back. And it was hard to watch, wasn't it, at times, like some of the situations involving the high uh, evolutionary. Yeah, it was definitely hard to watch at times. And I think it's clear that James Gunn is clearly an animal lover. Yeah. And he wanted to show the cruelty that we humanoids or whatever do to animals. Uh, and like experiment on them on just for the sake of it and things like that. It's yeah. like, it was quite clear that he wanted it to be harrowing and he wanted it to be a bit all oh, cute little rocket. Yeah. Like, don't do that to him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is it. Like, we were, I was saying as well, like um, just being a massive animal lover, as most people who will be going to the cinemas will be, you, you probably hear my dogs tip-tapping through this room at the minute. But, you know, it, it, it was really hard. Like, no denying whatsoever that it was really hard to watch at times. Um, you know, if you, you, you are going to find yourself emotionally invested uh, with Rocket and, and especially these flashbacks and seeing you know, the visions as well of the other fairy friends that have, like, obviously come and gone. Um, I, w- I w- should say as well that I think we'll probably keep it as spoiler-free as we can do. I mean, we might dip into spoilers a little bit later, but it's, uh, I'm assuming if you listen to this, you've probably have seen the film anyways. But, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, we do, we, like we were saying there, it is solely revolving around Rocket. Now, I did like that, and I thought it was a, it was, it was a good way, a good dynamic to have something fresh within the within the team as well, because, obviously, you've got everyone kind of, panicking, fretting, you've got Peter Quill that wants to save his best friend, Groot as well, everyone is literally, this is a family at the end of the day, so they want to they want to fix it, they want to make sure that Rocket survives, obviously after this attack from Adam Warlock, but I did find myself at times, towards the towards the, the back end of these constant flashbacks, I was just having a bit of our time with it, like as in, not in the sense because it was too hard to watch, which again, it was difficult to watch, but I just found it it took me out of the film quite a bit. So, you mean where the, <laughs> those flashbacks were placed in in the, in the narrative? Yeah. So, like, because it because it kept you know we'd move a little bit forward yeah. and then it kept cutting back and then we move a bit forward and then it kept cutting back and I was like I, I really can't be bothered with this. I, I actually found that there were some flashbacks that didn't fit where they were put. It was almost like something else was happening and then oh let's just cut to Rocket yeah. back in a day and then I was like why then? Yeah. Like why do you need to place that there? Um, so it was a little bit jarring at times, um, but I think the flashbacks did work, but maybe just not where they were placed. Well, yeah, exactly that. I think you, you probably hit the nail on the head with that one because I, I, I put in my notes that it might sound quite hypocritical of me to say that it was, you know, I was praising it a minute ago saying it's very emotional, very hard to watch at times, but I did find myself a little bit frustrated with them by the end of it. It's just that, like you said, I think it was... 
a you know the fact there were constant flashes which is fine whatever if you want to do that that's fine but it like you said there where they were placed it just seemed a little bit off um and I, and I know that Gunn was this again was something that he wanted to run with massively like I think that you know for the for the most part with these flashes and such that he did hit the right chords and and you know he, he hit the right nerves and such basically getting what he wanted to present to the audience for us to gauge and have that kind of emotional response because We'll talk a little bit more about the high evolution in a second, but everything that you see that involves Rocket and and the interactions, which they were they were they were really good, the back and forth between High Evolutionary and Rocket, yeah. but you just hated the High Evolutionary because of what he what he was, what he stood for, who he was, and what he was doing. You know what he was doing to Rocket. Yeah. He got the right response from everyone. Like I said, I did. I just I just found it a little bit too much at times with the flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, I know you touched on the High Evolutionary just then. Do you think Marvel has a problem with? With their villains, um, I think that y- yes and no. I think yeah. I'm trying to think what we're trying to compare this to. So, well, we've, we've the big one obviously they're trying to lead into is Kang. Obviously, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of the, like, the, the, but there you go. Then I can't remember any villains from previous Mar- like the Marvel films. Yeah, I don't think they're they're getting it right then with the no. villains. And the thing is, they seem to be nailing well to a certain extent nailing the main characters, the main cast. But then when it comes to the villain, mm. they don't seem to take enough time and an and, and effort to, to give you the motives, to give you the backstory to why is the higher evolutionary just experimenting? Why why is he trying to create the perfect being? Yeah. Like, what is his purpose? What, just for the sake of it? That's a good point, actually, because, like, we know, yeah, we know what he does, but it's not, it, yeah. why? Why is that? Like, I, in the film, they don't really establish, all we know is that he just wants to create a better being. He wants to just improve the world, this and that, improve the universe, I yeah. should say, or whatever. But there's no real, like, why? Yeah. The games and such have much better padded out villains and established yeah. villains than a two-and-a-half-hour film. The, Guardi- the Guardians of Galaxy 3 is, like, the longest one, obviously. It's, like, two and- nearly two-and-a-half hours or whatever. And this is the thing as well with the, like, the, the script and stuff. Is, it's pretty okay. But I did find that there was so much so much going off in this film that there was just a lot of padding in there as well that I was like, I don't really... Do we need any of this? Like, can we not just, just strip it back and just focus on what we're here for, which is obviously Rocket's story and also what this, you know, big bad is up to? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, there, there were, again, there were certain elements that were really good. There were certain things that were really put together. And then there was other things that seemed like they were just tacked on because with, this is Marvel, let's just add this in. Yeah, and, I, and I'd say you made a really good point that probably Marvel do have a problem with, with villains at the minute. I, they're just not getting them right. I think that, you know, you look at Phase 4 villains, I'm just thinking that obviously you had Ray Winston as a villain who yeah. was... Yeah. I, he, he was all, I didn't mind him in it, it's just that that film wasn't, wasn't very... It was fine, you know what I mean? Okay, so that film was fine. Where would you place Black Widow in, in order of preference from the last four Marvel films? Including Guardians 3. Love um, Would you say that that's better than those four, three that came out? No. No, I think Guardians Three is definitely the best one. It is the best one since No Way Home, but like we were saying in the cinema last night, look at what we've had like, after No Way Home. It's not really... It's nothing to brag about, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it's definitely nothing to brag about. <laughs> um, and... I know, obviously, we're here to talk about Guardians, but I'm really not looking forward to the next Marvel film that to come out this year. Is that the, the Marvels? The Marvels, yeah. I, that's, I think I, I said before, and I, I don't know if I've said it in the podcast, I might have done, but I've definitely said it to yourself, is that I'm only now, when it comes to superhero films, because I'm so like fed up of 
going in and coming out disappointed that I'm only going to watch the ones that, that really do stick out to me. You know, like The Flash, for example. That's yeah. the only one this year now where I'm like, yep, I'm definitely going to see that, yeah. I'm not wasting my time with with all these in-betweens and stuff and ones that if there's any any slight chance I think the film's going to be underwhelming, I'm just going to leave it. I think um, my comments after the um, Ant-Man film were... Um, if you go into a superhero or Marvel film in particular nowadays, expecting it to be okay, then at least start there. Yeah. But I think now we kind of need to lower the bar a bit. I think we need to expect it could be okay yeah. rather than it's going to be okay. And then if it is okay, great. If it's better than okay, even better. Yeah. But it's not. It's we're not going to get another Endgame or Infinity War anytime soon. No, no. And I think that is probably the the heartbreaking thing as a diehard MCU fan. It's like those films in particular set such a high bar, maybe they can never top it. Yeah. I think I think that is what it's looking like, isn't it, let's be honest. I think that I think the thing as well is that they called it Endgame and I think it was the end game for a lot of people. They just was like, that's it, I'm done. And that's yeah. fine, I think. I think that you can dip your toes back in and you know, like your Spider Man's No Way Home, which was a spectacle and a celebration, I should say, of Spider-Man. So I think we can enjoy those ones. But I think, like you just said there, if we go in now with mid to low expectations, we're probably going to be coming out a lot more happy than what we are doing at the minute. But like taking, after all, obviously taking nothing away from what they did with with Rocket in this film. Just going back to that, we're on the right tangent there, didn't we? But you know, taking taking nothing away, obviously, from what they did because it is a, it's a tragic story. And once Rocket is injured at the start. There is some really great performances from the cast, like especially Chris Pratt, who, you know, he's going to stop at nothing to save his friends. Like, this is the main drive of the film, is to save Rocket. You know, he's he's injured due to Warlock, and he's got, you know, he's got the cast have then got to head out, find the right programme or whatever it is to, to save him from death. It does seem simple enough, but it never is, obviously, with these Guardians films, or with any Marvel film. They just kind of snowball effect on the back of it, don't they? Yeah. Um, plus, like I said, we've already spoke about you know the high evolutionary. He's also after Rocket, so it's it, it, like I say, it is it is grand. It's just that, that there's just some padding, like I've already said, that's in there that I just felt that I was a little bit lost. Like it was all a bit of white noise to me, like in the middle. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot going on, and as you mentioned, there's always seems to be a lot going on with Marvel films. But I think out of all of them, and even going back to Black Panther, this is the most clear and concise story. It was quite easy to get, like yeah. you said, Rocket gets injured. Um, let's save him. What do you mean we can't save him? Oh, we need to go and do this to save him. Yeah. Okay, let's go and do this to save him. Um, and I did like the performances, like you said. I think that it was clear that Rocket was important to the whole family. Yeah. So let's move heaven and earth to save one of our family. Yeah. I thought it was good as well that they didn't, because the, the first, the, the last two Guardians, uh, this is kind of a positive and a negative, uh, so take it what you will, listeners, but... The first two, obviously, were Quill stories. The first, yes and no, the first one was about the Guardians coming together. Yeah. you know, yeah. But it was, it was through Quill yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And the second one's obviously about Quill's lineage and, and who he is or, or how you know, his father, his mum, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was cool that they did flip it to do Rockets, like to be Rocket be the driving force of Volume 3. But I kind of thought maybe, I don't know, did they throw all their eggs into one basket and should they have maybe waited to do the whole... Quill's father for the finale of the of the trilogy, maybe, yeah. and done something else of volume two, or maybe sprinkle in a little bit more of Rocket's backstory, Rocket's history throughout the first two. Yeah, because it could have made it more, I don't know, more easier for people to get. I mean, I think the likes of us get it because we're such avid fans. Yeah, but your 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 average fan that has seen Guardians on. on on Disney Plus or, you know, Guardians 2, it doesn't really, doesn't really care, doesn't, doesn't keep up to date with the news like we do. They might be like, oh, 
okay, it's about him now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of the, I, I I did like. I'm, I'm I'm not saying I didn't like what they did with the third one by doing by choosing that narrative. It, it, it's just really cool because it allows them to kind of freshen up the dynamic and and the the circumstances and situations that these characters find themselves in. But I also think that it allows them for more compelling performances because I did find. You know, like when the emotion was really going, especially when they think they're losing Rocket or whatever. Yeah. Like it was really, it was tough because yeah. you felt, you felt, and I think, I think that's the thing. You felt it all the way through that this was serious life or death, yeah. and the, and that they would rather they will die trying to save Rocket, yeah. try to make sure he doesn't die. Yeah. And I did feel that all the way through, and I and I just felt that, like I said, that the weight of it all was was just perfectly captured by um, by Chris Pratt, and I know Chris Pratt gets a lot of stick. Um, for whatever his personal life or whatever and stuff, but you can't argue that he he's great as that character, Star Lord. He's really embodied it. Yeah, and regardless of his political affiliations or whatever, he's a good Star Lord. Yeah. Like he 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 does well as that character. Yeah. Uh, and especially the the kind of the the fish out of water that doesn't really know about no. Earth, but is from Earth. Yeah. And like uh, I mean, the scene where the scene where. Him and uh, Nebula are try, uh, trying to drive off. Oh, that's great. And yeah. Nebula can't even get into the car. That, that was hilarious for yeah. me. And then then you realise that he can't drive. Of course yeah. he can't drive, because the last time he was on Earth, he was eight, yeah, eight years old. <laughs> so it's like, um, how, like, and I was sitting there thinking, you guys need to hurry up. Like, yeah. you need to hurry up. Yeah. Like, Go you've on. got a mission. Yeah. Yeah. Stop effing around with the car and go and, <laughs> go and get what you need to get. And I, I think I was, I was more intrigued at, from that moment onwards. Third act. What do you reckon of the third act? Like I said, towards the middle, from the middle onwards, I was. I, it just felt a bit like white noise. There's obviously the we've touched upon the the fantastic action set piece with the hallway and such, which is which was wonderful. But I don't know. Like by the end, I was I was kind of waiting to clock off and waiting to finish. If I'm being honest, I was just wait. Yeah, waiting for those end credits, waiting for the post credits, so I could just get off home. <laughs> I don't know if that. And it's bad because just before we proceed, obviously, listen. I don't. I really this isn't one of, we're not, I'm not trying to be, we're not trying to be toxic fans or whatever. Like I need to stress that we are just having a chat about what we felt about it. And there's, it's fine for us to be like, just thought it was fine. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, there's just flaws in there. And, I, and it's difficult for me then to see everyone harking on the internet saying it's the best film ever or like that this is the best Marvel film or that this Guardians is flawless beyond. It's like, I don't see how the word flawless can come into the sentence with this film. No. Those comments and those statements are very much to sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. much to sell tickets. What, what, what did you think of the third act? Um, again, there was a few set pieces that were really good, like really good. But I just didn't think it kind of worked. It kind of... I don't it got know. too fast and furious. Yeah, uh, do you know what? You, that, that's the perfect analogy. It got too fast and furious And there was just stuff happening for the sake of it happening. Yeah. Um, it's all about family. That's literally they could make, if, th- if Vin Diesel. Well, Vin Diesel isn't film. Oh, yeah, let's be honest. Exactly. But if he'd have turned up as like Dom Loretto, whatever his Toretto, I don't know his name is in those garbage films. He could have turned up with shades on and been like, "Good in the car." It's all about family. I'd have been like, "That's absolutely fine." I, be- I believe you, mate, because this is where we're at now. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that sums it up really yeah. well. Well, I think that I, I I made this point in my notes a little bit later on, but we can jump to it now. Is that one of the things? Um, you spoke about with the third act and stuff that it was it was all right, it was fine or whatever. Like I've just said, there a bit of white noise. Like I'm not saying that the film has to have action, 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 or any film has to have action, action, action. But I, you could probably count the amount of kind of gunfiery, actiony sequences 
on one hand because there wasn't much I didn't find it. I didn't think there was like I, 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 I please listeners correct me if I'm wrong or anything, but I don't think there was. I think there was about two or three action set pieces in this film, and that was it. And and I, I felt as the last Guardians, I think I was expecting quite a not explosive ending, but I just wanted them. To, I wanted them to go out with a bang, right. not a whimper, and yeah. that's what I think that for me, like like I say, excluding the hallway sequence, which we all have said and every critic out there has said that it was phenomenal, which it was, it was really good. But excluding that, I would say this this for me has got the less pleasing um, action sequences of of the definitely the last few. I think Shang Chi and that have had better better action and stuff than this Guardians film. But the, but in terms of a Guardians film, this has got nothing compared to the other two. But as Marvel as a whole, like I've seen some of these Disney Plus TV shows which are absolute trash. They've got better action sequences than what Guardians three did. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think um, yeah, I think you, again you've you've summed it up really well. Thanks, man. <laughs> but I want to touch on, because one of the other things, because uh, we, we, we like to flick between positives and negatives and back to a positive, I thought it was really good um, with Peter Quill and Gamora that they, that obviously that, you know, Quill was still dealing with the loss of, I said the loss of Gamora. It's like a loss but breakup at the same time. It's yeah. like, what do you even do with that? <laughs> like, it, it's very much. And it's like, especially like when the rest of the, 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 the family, the rest of the, the gang, so to speak, they are almost like they're sick of him yeah. pining over his Gamora. Yeah. Um, and like uh, the film starts like when he's drunk and they're like, what again? Like yeah. it's almost like they get, he's clear that they're getting sick of it, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's kind of like Peter has to snap out of it himself, which quite, quite thankfully he does eventually at the end. But um, I think the scene where they're, uh, I don't know if they're in an elevator or something where they're explaining to the person. Yeah, he's explaining to some random person what's going on. And I think he sums that up really well. Yeah. The fact that, you know, boy meets girl, boy falls in love, girl dies, girl comes back, and there's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you missed out some bad parts, but that's the yeah. gist of it, whatever it is. But yeah, like really that was it was all good. It was it was really good because I thought that it was it was nice as well that James Gunn, although I can I'd imagine he's he probably wasn't best pleased with what they did with some of the th- I I don't think that he would have let them kill Gamora if because I believe when they did that he was he was fired by then, I think, anyways. But I like that he's gone right, okay, we'll run with it because it was still, it was still, it was an enjoyable dynamic between the two, and 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 the big plus was that, and other people have said this as well, is, is that they didn't do the whole will they won't they thing. Like it was that that was completely put to bed, yeah. literally from the get go, yeah. and it was just a case of Quill having to deal with it. Like you said there at the start of the film, it was hilarious when he was drunk, and it's just that it's frustrating for everyone else in 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 this in this uh, Guardians clan who were having to constantly pick him up, look after him, yeah. nurse him back to health because he's still not over his Gamora. So I did like all of that. Um, I ju- I, I, I'm just curious if Gunn was still knocking about, if he had any kind of say in Gamora's, uh, <laughs> Gamora's demise in, in Infinity War, whether that would have actually happened or not. Well, no, I was actually reading um, a post today and it actually said that um, Gunn was saying that he would have had Peter kill Gamora because of, he didn't want, he didn't want, basically he thought that it would have been right for the, the love of his life to have to, to sacrifice the love of his life, sort of thing. Bloody hell! Yeah. That's like a bit of a Romeo Juliet tragedy, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I know that he was glad that they got rid of Thor for him, because yeah. he didn't want anything to do with Thor no. in the Guardians and again, film. That's just Marvel saying, um, "You've got to have this character and this character in your film," and they're like, "I've, I've written it. It's just like it doesn't matter. Yeah, get him in there somehow." No, I, I thought that both Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana they were really strong in the film, um, and like they they reminded me of like when you get two magnets. 
and you put like positive against positive yeah. and they're just kind of bouncing yeah, back yeah, off they one they another. Stick together. It's like impossible for them to stick together because they are, they're not the same. They're, they need to be opposites, almost a track sort of thing. But putting like those two together didn't work. Let me ask you this then. What did you think about the other characters? Like the other main core characters? Did you think that they worked? Did you like their story and where their stories went? Well, I did because I, I think that one of the notes I made was that um, sadly, um, as much as I thought that everyone else did do a bang up job with mm-hmm. the acting chops and stuff, I felt that a lot got sidelined. Okay. They did amazing. Like, you know, when you say they did the best with what they got, mm-hmm. but they did amazing with what they got. Like, I've got no, no issues whatsoever. I thought they were really strong. It's just that. We'll come, I'm, again, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but one of my other points about one of the negatives with the high evolutionary and stuff is that well, that's what she was that he kept yelling. This is the same for everyone else, though, as well. Is that I just felt that I was like, can we all just not like? I don't mind, uh, you know, aggression or when things are building up, building, and someone yells. But I just felt like sometimes, like some of the dialogue and 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 script or whatever, I was like, did it have it in capitals or something when they were like reading? I don't. It was just why would they, everyone just screaming at one another? And yes, it was nice to see you know you know uh, nebula and and you know her, her kind of really coming into a, a guardian role a, a lead role within the team and stuff and her back and forth with mantis and with with drax and whoever and such but at the same time i'm like can you stop bloody yelling at one another it were all the time i don't know what did you what did you think yeah i, I think I, I i agree with with all of that i think that yeah the high evolutionary i mean he, he even started off being quite a good character and then he just turned into oh, i'm just gonna yell and I think with with Nebula, she was just yelling from the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe that that's her makeup because obviously she's she's quite broken herself physically yeah. Yeah. because of what her dad did did to her back in the day. So um, I think I, I I don't get the Mantis character. I still don't get the Mantis character. I yeah. understand her powers, but I don't get the character and her role in the in even in the film. Yeah. Drax is gonna do Drax. He's gonna be yeah. Drax, and I think he. Dave Bautista's kind of nailed that character. And I think yeah. he's quite well written in terms of, yeah, he's going to come up with some left field stuff that doesn't make sense, yeah. but makes perfect sense to him. And then he's going to be like the full guy for all the, the, the butt of all the jokes. Yeah. I think that worked really well. I thought that what they did with, with Drax in the film, in, in particular, like re- resolving his story, I thought it was one of the best of the bunch, if I'm being honest. Like, you know, because you forget that he, you know, he was just a father. Yeah. And I thought the way that Gunn brought that back round at the end, I thought was beautiful. I was like, that for me was probably like, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't like too emotional, but at the same time, I just don't know. I was like, this is, this is that's perfect. That's poetry, that. Like, it's really well done, Gunn, like a big tick. Like, like I say in here, listeners, I know that we've like kind of, we're not nitpicking, but we're, 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 we're literally saying what we like to what we don't like. There are things in this film that are genuine gems. Like, can't fault it whatsoever. I just can't. I don't know. Like I, I, I just, I just didn't. I, there, there are flaws, basically. There, there's faults in here, and, and it, it's a shame because I think it's because it's, we love these characters so much in these films and what they did and what they, you know, how they've got to this this particular volume or whatever. I don't know. It just felt a bit, a little bit of a letdown. I want to talk about the high evolutionary because we've kind of tiptoed around him and such, and we, we, we spoke a fair bit. We might end up repeating ourselves, anyways. But obviously, high evolutionary is played by Chukwudu Wuji. Um, now, I was very excited about his involvement. Like I really was, and I did think that he, as we've said, for the most part, captured this evil, sadistic, god complex piece of shit very well yeah. um, until he started screaming at everyone constantly, like. I mean, we've already said that everyone screams, but I don't know. 
what happened? Like because like I like you said it. I I I don't I don't understand why that it got tipped to such that kind of performance that. You know, he was un- unbelievably cruel. You know, you can see why people are, you know, praising this performance uh, and in particular saying that they they love to hate the character that they want to get out of, get out of their cinema seat. Like, I want to get out of my cinema seat and give him a smack on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, I, he really, like, makes your blood boil. But the more that film went on, the more cartoony he got. And I just... I was just really disappointed with him by the end of it because I thought that to someone that started off, like I said, that pure evil, to then get to the levels and to the the volume, we should say, that he did, um, I I did find it a little bit. It kind of undermined the performance that we had before. Yeah, and for me, it's another wasted villain. Yeah. Wasted opportunity, missed opportunity. They could have done so much better. They could have... He could have been written... um, a lot better than he was. And like you said earlier, I think the actors were just working with the script that they have with what they were given. Can you imagine if like, you're absolutely right with that as well, sorry, but can you imagine if they'd, if Gunn, because Gunn, Gunn is a, I think he's a genius. I know he knows how to make a film yeah. end of day. Like there's no, no dispute in that whatsoever. But can you imagine if something, if they'd, if it had somehow worked it, that the High Evolutionary was like a key player in everything that the Guardians had been involved in? You know what I mean? Like something quite, quite you know, yeah. Maleficent and, and big, bad. Almost like he'd sent Rocket out to see how he would get on and what he will invent and come up with and stuff like that. Almost like as, as part of the experiment. Yeah. Uh, that could have been better. And again, it could have made it more understandable as to why he was so intent to go and get Rocket back yeah. and... Imagine if he worked for like the collector. Yeah, exactly. That would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have like, been perfect. If he had ties with collector, if he knew ego and stuff, or whatever, if he, if he knew that was his name, ego. Yeah. Weren't it? If he knew ego, Quill's dad, just something. I'm not saying you know. Some people then might say, well, that might be a bit too far fetched. But when villain, like, like we've just said, Marvel have a clear villain problem where they just bring someone new in, gone. Bring someone new in, gone. You want like, do you remember? I know that <laughs> this is going to be so strange. People are going to start rolling their eyes when I compare this. But you remember the Fantastic Four films when they came out? The, the original ones with yeah. Chris Evans as, as Human Torch and yeah. such. They never killed off Doctor Doom. And I loved that about it. It was like he could pop up at any point. At any time he could pop up. Yes, because he's Victor Von Doom exactly. and you can't just kill him. And X-Men, X-Men. Magneto didn't die at the first one. He kept coming back. I don't know, again, it's a big... But what is it with these villains where they, they're just so expendable now? It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. And this is the thing that winds me up the most because you can have a plot line in five, six, ten years' time where all the villains have to get together because they're sick of being defeated. It's yeah. like, let's get together and deal with this yeah. these hero lot because individually but we keep getting beaten yeah. so collectively we've got a chance maybe yeah that could have been a wonderful storyline yeah. and with all the villains that have now gone that can't be part of that marvel has so much to do between now and by the time the x-men come in yeah please stop please stop <laughs> using your villains for one one film and done or stop using them like you've done for Modoc and you've done with Adam Warlock, which I'm going to come in a second, and just turn them into an absolute joke. That needs to stop because they've got so much wonderfulness in the source material that they, for whatever reason, they think, oh, people don't like serious films. People don't like serious films. We've got to have some kind of like, you know, Humpty Dumpty looking mess to, to make people point and laugh at. Because that's this, I'm going to get the negative now out of the way. Adam Warlock in this film. What was the point? Like, what was the point? Like, again, another character, as I just said, that's been turned into just a comedic value, comedic relief. Like, it's not working whatever Marvel are doing and they need to stop doing that. Because I tell you what, Adam Warlock in this, I was like, I'm sick of this guy. 
yes, a hundred percent sick of this guy. Um, I, 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 I was quite in, enthusiastic with the casting. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, was it Will Poutner? Will Poutner? Poutner? Yeah. Incredible performer. Yeah, and, and when you see him in other stuff, especially because obviously he's been a child actor and stuff like yeah, that, and yeah, you've yeah. seen his progression, I was like, oh, that's really good. That's a really good choice. Yeah. But they didn't give him enough to do, yeah. and I just found him excessively annoying. Yeah. The best thing that, that came from Adam Warlock in this film was the first shot we see of him as he's, as he's charging he's towards nowhere. Did that remind you of, like, Flash Gordon? Like, uh, to me, it reminded me of that era, 70s camp action if honestly if queen were playing it background i'd have been like that is perfect because it looked absolutely wonderful the best thing that came from adam warlock was his introduction and then that was it everything else i couldn't and again i felt like and i've seen people make the kind of similar comments that it's almost like marvel forgot that they teased him in the stinger of volume two and they were like oh shit we should actually introduce him in this now and i i just don't think it was worth the wait it wasn't worth the payoff I forgot the actress. The, the actress name who plays the, the gold lady was his mum in the film. She was heavily wasted as well because I thought she was really good in volume two. And I forgot her name. She's in Tenet and it just will not come to me. But the actress, yeah, I I thought she was just again a, a waste of screen time. Yeah, definitely a waste of screen time. Um, they could have again. They could have done so much more. But how long do we need these films to be in order to add in everything that we've said yeah. is missing? Yeah. Like, are we expecting it to be like a four-hour film in order to get the story beats that we would like there, to, like to be there? Yeah, I tell you, it's one of those. It's, I think we're just never going to. We're never going to be happy, yeah. mate. <laughs> I think. I think. We, I think. I know. I know. We said it on the, on the, the last pod, and we probably were going to repeat ourselves on every Marvel film ever. ever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we've been so spoiled. We were so spoiled with the first. Um, 10, 11 years of Marvel where we expect better and they're not delivering and we expect better in every aspect in terms of the story writing, the visuals, the, the plot arcs, the, the everything. We yeah. expect better and we're not getting it at the moment. And I'm kind of fearful for where Marvel's going in the future because of... Um, I should be excited that the X-Men are coming soon. I should be excited that the Fantastic Four are coming because the Fantastic Four coming means Victor Von Doom's coming, yeah. which means he's one of the best villains in the history of villains. So, you know, I should be excited, but I'm now thinking, oh my God, if they ruin Doctor Doom, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, that's fair enough. If, if, honestly, if they ruin the X-Men, if they don't use a, a worthy villain and then they kill the villain um, quite quickly... I'm done with superhero. Well, I'm done with Marvel f- superhero film. Fair, mate. That's a bold, bold. I mean, that's the thing because the, the, what'll be worse with that is because they got it. I was going to say so right before, but they got it quite right yeah. before. Like in terms, especially with X Men, X Men One and Two, I will stand on the hill shouting forever that they are absolutely incredible films. Granted, after that, I couldn't give a monkey's. <laughs> but like those two films, it's like you look back. I, I always look back in obviously nostalgia goggles of. Spider-Man, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy, one and two again, I guess. But, you know, and you just look at that and to where we are now and such with some of these films that we're seeing and, and what they're not quite getting right. And I think if they bugger up the X-Men films in particular, or, I mean, Fantastic Four can't get any worse than that sh- sh- shocker <laughs> that came out in 2015 or whenever it were, that, that awful reboot. So, like... You know, they've got to get something right. Like, And I think it starts with the cast. Well, cast and script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely cast and script. 
I think that the, the cast, the casting has to be, you have to believe that that is that person or yeah. that character. I think, Marvel, just take your time. Don't yeah. don't be in a rush to put out films in 2024. Don't yeah. be in a rush to put out films in 2025. If Marvel can't come back with a hit until 2026, then so be so it. Be it yeah. That, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm willing to wait for a better product than, than rush it and it not quite hit. Yeah. That's fair, man. Um, back to Guardians, though, because like I say, it's um, yeah, I, I, I love these discussions because this is what it kind of brings out the passion and like what we expect. And and this is the thing because we were saying afterwards is that you know we, we saw Guardians three and last night I was a bit like, oh, do you know what? Like I'm really, I, I think I was I was probably more negative about it last night than I was when I woke up this morning. So I thought, you know what? It, it wasn't. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I came out and I was like, that's it, it's trash, done, done. I was just like, it was good. It's just got flaws. But I think that I kind of. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm appreciating the fact that it was better than the last few films that we've seen. Like I have to, I have to give them a tick for that. You know, what I mean, like I have to come out and go. You know what? I didn't want to blow my brains out during it. I did. I weren't. My eyes weren't rolling in the back of my head, kind of thing. And I know we've just spoke about like the comedy and such that's in there that probably didn't work with like the likes of Adam Warlock and such, but. There were moments when it absolutely did. I know we've touched upon it early in the podcast as well, but there were some wonderful laughs in this film. Like I had, I had such a blast watching the Guardians together, just you know busting each other, or you know Drax, for example, constantly reminding everyone that Rocket is Quill's second best friend, <laughs> or Quill again using like pop culture references, like calling someone Patrick Swayze looking whatever and such. Like really, really good. Or even better yet, like we spoke about as well with the getting in the car. The MCU dropped their first ever F bomb. Yeah. Like it was absolutely brilliant, like perfectly used as well. And I, I thought that was such a big win because I was like, whoa, they're, they're, they're growing with the audience. Like they're actually, they're letting us, you know, it just reminded me of that kind of, you know, like how the Harry Potter films grew and grew and grew with, as the audience grew. Yeah. I felt like that was like a big moment. I was like, whoa, they're actually well done, gun, you know what I mean? But you, you get it. Like I absolutely, I thought that was really good. So I can't say that all the comedy was, was bad or anything. It's just, it, 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 some just didn't work, but when it worked, boy oh boy, did this film work? Because I, I I I was smiling quite a lot, and, and you know, and, and um, I think it says a lot. We should say that obviously, because my my wife was like, I'm done with superhero films, can't stand superhero films, they're absolute garbage now. Like I'm not doing it anymore. She came to see this one, and she came out, and she was like, I didn't actually hate that. I thought it was really. I thought she she didn't say it was really good, but she thought it was good. So that's something, anyways. But that's what I felt, anyways, with the with the actual comedy side of it. Like some of it, some of it didn't work. But some of it, when it did, fantastic. Yeah, and and again, James Gunn's humor, sense of humor that we've grown to know and love through the films that he's put out over the years. It you can you can tell it was a James Gunn film, yeah. and that's one of the things I love about his work. You can tell it's him. Like if if I didn't know who the director was, and I was sat there watching it, I'd be like, I wonder if James Gunn wrote this because it seems James Gunnish, yeah, yeah, James yeah. Gunny type yeah, of yeah. type of humor, and and he likes to he likes his characters to find fault in the most simplest things. Yeah. So, um, Drax eating the nuts and he offers it to, to one person. He doesn't offer it to Mantis. Mantis says, oh, oh you didn't offer me any nuts. And then Drax like, they're all gone. And then he just starts to, to, to eat them. Them. <laughs> I was like, that's just genius. Yeah, yeah. That's just genius. That got a good laugh in the, in a good reaction yeah. in the cinema as well. Well, this is it. Cause it's like, you think about the reaction to some of the film, literally you think about the cinema reactions to Ant-Man, like not much. Yeah. Thor, don't get me started. Like that was that was like the worst of the worst. But I don't know. Like I, I think that, like I said, Gun Gun can write a joke. You know, yeah. he can write a joke. Granted, not everything might work for everyone, but some most often it is. It's a success. The thing for me is that, like, when I come, when I take a step back and a, a, a seat back, I should say, with with Guardians Three, is is that for me it says a lot, or rather 
in terms of how I'm underwhelmed with it is that I love the suicide squad that, that Gunn did with DC, but I think that the, the, the suicide squad is better than Guardians Volume 3. I don't know what you think about that. Oh, I might have to think about that one. And I think it shouldn't be that way is what I'm getting at is, is that for me, I love these characters. I love these films, Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. So instantly that should mean that Guardians 3 will will pip whatever. But when, the more I keep thinking about it, like, and when I, I, I mean, again, I do, need, I do need to watch the film again. I probably won't buy it. That's sad because that's... Wow. Yeah. But like, I, I, I take a step back. I think, I, I genuinely think that the Suicide Squad is better than the... I, I don't want to get compared in... I'm not doing the whole DC-Marvel thing. It's just because Gunn directed both of them and these are the last two comic book films he's done, being Suicide and, and now Guardians 3. That's just what I feel on it, is that I've, I've come away and I was like, yeah, the, I, I enjoyed Guardians 3, but I think I enjoyed the Suicide Squad better, which then makes me more excited for what he's going to do with DC. I, I personally think that they're probably on par. I wouldn't say one's better than the other. I like... I like Suicide Squad for different reasons than I like Guardians. Yeah. I think I like Guardians because I kind of love, I've grown to love the characters yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a bit more, a bit better. Um, but yeah, I think I would probably put them on par. That's but fine. yeah, I am excited to see what James Gunn does in the future. But where does Marvel go now? Yeah. I mean, where, where do the fans as well, in a way? Like, I, mean, I know that, yeah, they, they, they announced all these films and such, but after like Guardians 3, there's not, uh, other than, you know, the, the big ones of like Fantastic Four and X-Men and such, but I don't know, like I've got nothing on the on their on their list that's due that I'm like, yep, can't wait for that. Like I've just, this was it. And and granted, yes, it, it was a good film. It wasn't terrible. It didn't, didn't ruin anything for me. It's just, could have been better. Hey, Disney, can you just give some of your um, Disney billions to the Russo brothers and just get them back? <laughs> yeah. Do it. Just do that. Do that. Um, I don't think we need to jump into spoilers. There's not really much to kind of go over anyways. It looks great um, in terms of... I, I, I didn't think, oh, God, that's clearly a green screen. I thought they did quite well. The CGI was back up to scratch again. Performances were top were top when they were top, and then they were bad when they were bad kind of thing. So it's, got, it's, it's just a mixed bag at the end of the day, but it's a good and strong film. So if someone comes up to you next week and says, oh, you went to see Guardians on Friday, um, should I go and see it? What's your response going to be? Yeah. Just yeah. Just go, yeah. Just, just, yeah. What, if you've seen the first two, go see the third one. Hey, Joe, I've got Disney+. Plus, um, but <laughs> that new Guardians film just come out. Should I, should I go to the cinema to see it? Yeah. Okay. Because I would agree with that. I would actually encourage people to go and see it in the cinema. Yeah. I think it is, it, it is visually good enough to, to warrant the cinema experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just just don't go in thinking it's going to be the greatest film you've ever seen because you might be disappointed. Mm. And I know we're not going to go into spoiler territory, but after the first post credit scene, just leave. Just yeah. leave the yeah, cinema. Yeah. Just like just yeah. just go then. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. When you see other people getting up and putting on their coat and leaving and clearing up their rubbish, just just join them. It's yeah. fine. Better yet, don't even stay for that one either. To be honest with you, I thought both both post credit scenes were a bit pants. If I'm being honest, I weren't too overly impressed. Yeah, they were both they were both pretty bad. But at least the first one yeah. had, had some kind of context to the film we just watched. Yeah. The second one really annoyed me. Yeah. And what made me laugh about it was the look on your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What's this? Like, what? Why? Like, what are we doing?" Anyways. So out of 10, well, I mean, I think I said last night to you, I was like saying six and a half, but I, I think I, I'm leaning maybe nicely towards a seven. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn between those two. 
Last night, I would have said this is a six, not six and a half, six. Wow. Um, I've slept on it, and I'm actually agreeing with you. I think it's a seven. I think it's better than probably I, I, I gave myself or gave the film credit for being. Yeah. That would be a fair score for it as well. I think, like I say, some things work, some things don't. But um, it's by far not the worst Marvel film, so I think that that's that's fair enough, isn't it? The other, the only other thing that I will say is that the soundtrack's all right. Um, in terms, in, that's one of the things that we love about the Guardians films is what songs are going to come and what songs are going to appear. Beastie Boys make an appearance in this one, as does Florence and the Machine, which I was a big fan of as well. Um, but I, I thought that the the previous two had way better soundtracks than this one. Yeah, and this one had more songs that I would actually recognise from my own memory. So a lot of them, like I. I'd heard them kind of in the past, but yeah. but they weren't big songs. And yeah. kind of watching the being in the Guardian soundtrack kind of made them big in my eyes. Yeah. I didn't really like the soundtrack to, to this one. Yeah. I think there were some songs that I I thought they were maybe a bit too modern, a bit too new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I get that they've got the playlist with all they've got that whatever device um with all the songs on it and stuff, and it's obviously broken down into into um, eras, eras yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I get that. It's just that I felt that I probably would have been in love with the film a little more if the soundtrack was yeah. 60s, 70s, early yeah. 80s, kind of like like the others. Well, that, exactly that. I think that's why that was part of the the um, almost hype around Guardians, or the love as well, was that not only was they good films, the first the, the first one was amazing, but the soundtrack, soundtrack aided it incredibly well. Yeah, soundtrack was going to be awesome, and people kind of really loved the film because of the soundtrack. Yeah. I wouldn't say that the same thing's going to happen with this one. No, definitely not, definitely not. And I think we'll leave it there, mate, because, uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've gone in on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but the main thing is to take is that it isn't the worst Marvel film that's it's been... Not, it's not the worst Marvel film, but Marvel, please slow down and get it right. Give us a good, better product, please. There we go. That's all we'll say. Give us a better product, Marvel, for God's sake. Um, thank you, as always, though, for listening in. Let us know your thoughts as well on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Let us know if you disagree with us. If you think it's the best film ever, that's fine as well. We'd love to know what you thought on it. And, uh, yeah, looking for... We should actually tell you what we should do, because we, we kind of... We seem to be going in uh, with our Marvel reviews. We always kind of think about the good old days and such of Marvel. We should start to look at revisiting some of the old uh, yeah. phases and stuff and start yeah, talking I'll, about them. I'll, 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 I'll be well up for that. Yeah. I think it'll be much more positive. Yes, uh, yeah, there'll be more, more positivity and more, oh, isn't it great, isn't this great, isn't that great? But Nothing ever could go wrong. Marvel <laughs> will never do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely start that, mate. But again, thank you so much for, for, for being part of the pod again. It's been always, always a blast having you on to chit-chat about Marvel and such. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure, as always. And again, listeners, thank you so much. Keep in touch on the socials, all that jazz. You know what to do. Until the next episode, take care.